Blog Talk Radio. At WWE Payback. Thank you all for tuning in. The Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. First off, before I get into anything, any wrestling talk, got to give a shout out to all the fathers out there. Hope you're having a great Father's Day. Hope the mothers are letting the fathers do whatever the hell they want to do because it's Father's Day. Today is about all the dads. So all you guys out there, hope you're having a great Father's Day, barbecuing, hanging out. And I'm sure all you fatherly wrestling fans want to watch Payback, so hope you're tuning in tonight. The Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. And we want to hear from you. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. we got a show chat going on right now, so if you're a little shy... And you don't want to call in and talk about wrestling and stuff? Get on the show chat. Maybe we'll pull up one of your comments, uh, which you're looking forward to this evening. So that is right now on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. We're on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show. And, of course, you can go to our website, thekenreedyshow.com. We have all sorts of information and upcoming things going on 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 the websites check out the com. we also have blogs up there tony the joan opinions speculation comments all sorts of good stuff 
on the website. So be sure to check out thecanreadyshow.com. And just a programming note for everybody. You know, we don't do it often, but it, it's it's been a it's been a long year. It's been a little bit of a long year. So taking some time off, taking a vacation. So the week of June thirtieth. Uh, through, I guess, let's see, uh, the following week, I guess it'd be like July 7th. We'll be back that following week, but the June 30th and July 2nd, uh, will be off. So go check out some archive shows. Maybe check out the Tommy Dreamer interview we did last week. It's some good stuff. We had some great interviews over the course of this year. We're just going to take some time off vacation, enjoy ourselves over, uh, this summer vacation. So, uh, we'll be off, uh, that week. And, uh, Actually, scratch that because I'm screwing up my dates, but we're actually, I'm off the week before. So it's the Tuesday and then June 30th, and we'll be back the, the following week. I'm screwing up my dates. See, I need a vacation. So 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Again, we'll be back that last week, uh, June 30th. I will not be on, but that following. So July 2nd, I will be back. It's the week prior. I'm going to be off, all right? And as always... Oh, I'm, I'm frazzled now. My tag team partner, I gotta give you the hot tag. I'm, I'm, I'm dying here. Dave, my tag team partner's on the line. Dave, how are you today? Dave, <laughs> are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, here we go. How you doing this fine Sunday evening? I'm uh, doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. All right, we are ready to talk wrestling. A couple things. Uh, just to let you guys know, uh, last night we had a great Wrestling on Fire show for you guys who are out there for the live show in Parsippany, New Jersey. It was a great show. We had a, a few title changes, so you want to be sure to check out uh, MeTV at 11 p.m. Check out all the title changes that went on at last night's show. And I got I was doing some ring announcing duties. And you have, if you've ever done an independent show, if you've ever been involved, man, like when you're getting to that, you're organizing things and you're... You, you, things go a little haywire, and, and things are hectic, and trying to get all the talent together, and you got to get like weights and where they want to be built from, and there's all sorts of stuff. And I was doing ring announcing duties last night, which is a lot of fun, um, you know. Uh, but I did screw up at one point, and I had to apologies to Vampire Banquet, Vampire Banquet, the band that provides the music for the Wrestling on Fire TV show. Um, I actually referred to them as Vampire Weekend. Go figure. That was just in my brain. I think that was given to me in the rundown. Maybe I just screwed up. I don't know what happened, but things are crazy, so I don't know where Vampire Weekend came from, but it is Vampire Banquet. Vampire Banquet provides the music for us on Me TV Wrestling on Fire. So go check them out. Find them on Facebook, Vampire Banquet, some good hard rock stuff if you like that. So apologies to them for referring to vampire banquet as vampire weekend but we do have some breaking news uh from the wrestling on fire landscape and wrestling on fire and ecpw uh promoted by gino caruso will be joining forces uh going forward this is uh very exciting to uh join up with a promotion like ecpw uh, a lot of history there as well as with wrestling on fire uh, joining with Gino Caruso, Gino Caruso and the Savoldi family uh, joining together. Uh, ECPW has a facility in Hiawatha, so we're looking to open a school in Hiawatha, which again will give us uh, a streamline to uh, some new talent coming in. So it's very exciting. 
Uh, we're going to be doing our first show with ECPW coming up in September, but this merger is underway. We're excited to be working with them, so Wrestling on Fire is getting bigger and better. So very excited about that that uh, breaking news going on, Wrestling on Fire, but this has been a crazy week in wrestling. Lots of good wrestling. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, I think uh, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, Impact, uh, some solid TV going on, and one of the big stories to come out, and we're going to get to payback in a bit. We got lots of stuff to get to on this payback Sunday. But TNA, Impact Wrestling, very interesting, Dave, because we discussed here last week on, you know, what's going on. Why does the, the you know, Ace and Ace comes out and they beat down, they give Sting the beat down, and where the hell is the Impact locker room to assist Sting? And lo and behold, they actually use that as part of the storyline. Sting comes out and says, I need a family. I need someone to help fight my battles. Reforming the main event mafia, Dave. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago as far as factions go. It seems to be, you know, in, in recent you know months and weeks that factions are, you know, becoming, uh, you know, a pretty big thing all across the board in wrestling between the Aces and Eights and and you got the Wyatt family that's going to be coming in, the Shield. Um, it looked like from this past Monday on Raw, Zeb Coulter's going to be forming some sort of group, um, as he had scouted Antonio Cesaro. So, um, you know, the, the decision for Sting to bring back the main event, Mafia, um, I, it's kind of a mixed bag for me. I mean, the original main event, Mafia, was comprised of Sting, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Kevin Nash, Scott Steiner. I believe Samoa Joe was a part of it. Taz was a part of it briefly. Um, so there was a, there was a few guys that, uh, that, you know, that, that, that all, and they were all former world champions. That was the, that was the credentials to be a part of the group. Um, as far as, you know, Sting reforming that group, well, Scott Steiner had, had legal issues with TNA, so I doubt he's going to be returning. Kevin Ash is under a WWE Legends contract. I don't think that they would, you know, let him go over to TNA. Booker T is under contract with the WWE, um, the only guys left would be Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, and and that's really about it. And they comprised the TNA roster um, to uh, to be a part of uh, Sting. You know, to, that Sting is you know against now, or should I say, you know, upset with um, due to the fact he didn't get any help at Slammiversary. Um, I mean. I, it's it's still early for me to determine if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, you know. But I mean, I like the faction gang warfare. I just hope that uh, you know whoever he decides to put in the group. I mean, and there's plenty of names he can put in that group that are if they're going to go by those credentials of being former world champions. I mean, you got James Storm, Bobby Roode, Austin Aries, Jeff Hardy, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Abyss. Um, those last two names. I think would probably fit perfectly because they got those loner, darker type characters, and they're both former world champions in TNA, and they could they could align with Sting, and they could have some sort of like loner outcast kind of group. That isn't really with TNA, but isn't against them either. Um, I think that would work, and just keep it small. So don't put like twelve guys and a bunch of people who haven't even reached the main event, let alone you know been been on the card in TNA. TNA, you know what I mean? So. Um, it's still early for me, but we'll see, you know, how it develops. Um, you know, maybe they'll go by some new credentials and Sting will recruit a bunch of young guys who he feels deserves to be in the main event 
and he want you know, and he wants to help them get there by defeating the Aces and Eights. I don't know how they're going to do it, but um, it was a little bit interesting that he decided he was going to reform the main event mafia. I, 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 I'm, I'm optimistic, but you know, I'm, I'm going with that wait and see approach. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting looking at it because I, I and. On the positive side, I thought Sting cut a good promo, and I've never been a big Sting guy, and and I liked his his promo on on Thursday night. Um, the interesting thing, and there's been so much speculation all over the place uh, as far as who could join. Uh, you know, there's Kurt Angle. Uh, I've heard Matt Morgan's name floated around. Uh, the the thing is, his, and this is where they kind of paint themselves into a corner, and I agree with you, Dave. I'm kind of in a wait-and-see kind of approach. Anyone, like, he's mad at the locker room. He's he's mad at the roster. I, It's almost like the way he was talking, he'd have to bring guys not currently in TNA into the main event mafia. Now, I get it, you know, all right, so they're going to, are they going to say, well, you know, Matt Morgan wasn't there. So, you know, he's not, we're not blaming him. He's not part of the problem. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, by him saying, you know, he was left out there on his own by the rest of TNA. Well, to me, then, then the guys that have to be in the main event mafia have to be guys not in TNA. Uh, it, it just kind of, and again, I don't know if they're going that route. I don't know if they have guys, you know, on the back burner. Uh, I don't know, you know, is is Rampage a guy that that perhaps they're gonna they're put in the main event mafia? Um, you know, I, I don't know how exactly they're they're going to address that. I mean, maybe do they they bring in a Crimson into the main event mafia? You know, what what is like you said? What is the criteria going to be? Because uh, he he just showed up this past week. Um, it's it's interesting. I, again, I like the promo. Cautiously optimistic. Um, back when the main event mafia first uh, took hold, I wasn't watching Impact as as regularly, so I, I knew about it. It seemed like a cool idea, but to be honest with you, I can't really give you an opinion on on how exactly the the faction worked. Uh, yeah, like you're saying, the gang warfare is definitely going to be a, a cool thing. That they're finally going to have a a rival group, and it'll be group versus group, and, uh, you know, who knows? And obviously, uh, Ace and H, they, they're starting to show some uh, chinks in the armor, so to speak. So, uh, you know, I mean, they, they, the writing's on the wall for Ace and H to uh, have their issues, uh, perhaps over the summer going into uh, Bound for Glory in the fall. Uh, but, you know, Dave, that's that's the thing I look at. You know, he's mad at the roster. He's mad at the, the TNA roster. How how do you, as you're saying, you guys, you people, you guys, you left me out here on my own to fend for myself. Nobody came out to help me. Well, you know, how does he come out like on Thursday night and say, all right, the first guy is is Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, honestly, would be one of the guys that left him out there. So how exactly do they form this group? Like To me, storyline-wise, it would only make sense if it's guys not in the company right now. But I don't think there's enough guys out there that TNA could perhaps sign that would qualify as, quote, main event mafia types. You know, Dave? No, I totally hear you. I mean, like, you know, it's a, it's a good point that you bring up. It's the entire roster left them high and dry. That's why I, that's why I mentioned, you know, 
two guys in particular who seem to be kind of loners and coming in and out is, you know, like AJ Styles and Abyss. You know, Abyss returned and won the television title, but he hasn't been seen since. Um, so I think he would be somebody that would fit in with Sting because they have a darker kind of, you know, loner-type character. And, of course, the new transformation with AJ Styles um, as well. So I think I, I think those two would probably fit most. I mean, Matt Morgan's never won a world title. Um, you know, Crimson hasn't reached the main event. Um, so I mean, I think they should just stick with the with the criteria. But like, you know, the original main event Mafia had guys that you know that were former world champions. Who's on the market now? It's a former world champion. I mean, I know Rob Van Dam's a free agent. Maybe they'll bring him in. Again, and uh, he'll he'll be with Sting. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's uh, it, it it's really difficult how they're how they're gonna you know have this whole thing pan out. And like I like you know like like we both said, you just gotta wait and see. Um, but I think they should just stick to the original concept of what yeah, they did before. Saying that like Styles and Abyss would technically be two guys that left them high and dry. Well. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, if you think about it, like, AJ, AJ's not, like, with, you know, a part of TNA, and he's not with the Aces and Eights either. Like, he, he stands alone. But, you know, Sting seems to be going that route in a way, you know? And, and Abyss has been nowhere to be found, really. He just kind of comes and goes and does his own thing. So, I mean, those are the only two guys that would make sense, even though they are technically a part of the TNA roster. I mean, you know, AJ would make the most sense out of everybody. But wait and see. That's just that's what I'm thinking with this. Wait and see. One of the names that I I heard thrown around, and, uh, you know, who knows, I mean, what his deal is right now, but what if Jeff Jarrett was one of the guys that came in? That's a good point, too, something I didn't think of. And from what I've heard, you know, I mean, it was rumored that he was going to be the guy for the Aces and Eights, and it's a good thing he wasn't. but he would fit in nicely with with Sting because he's he was a he was a cornerstone for TNA. He helped get TNA on the map, off the ground. You know, he he founded the company. Um, he would he would fit perfectly with that group with Sting. Um, being you know he's got former world championship credentials. He's been around TNA for a long time. But from what I've heard, is that. You know his power has decreased in many years since he since his stock was bought out by Dixie Carter and Panda Energy, um, and he really he hasn't had any kind of role with the company um, since the last time he was on television. He's done some he he helps market and promote some of the live events, and he's worked in a backstage capacity from time to time here and there. But I heard that he could be on his way out. He might not be back in TNA. So. It would be a nice surprise if he did come back um, and, and do his thing. That would be something that, you know, watch. It will probably happen, and it will be him now, you know, and I won't be surprised anymore. But it would still be pretty cool to see. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him back. But, uh, you know, the, today, I mean, it is a payback Sunday. It is a pay-per-view pregame. Just thought, you know, we kind of hit a little TNA because uh, I did think it was interesting. And, again, a good promo by Sting. Uh, let's see where they go with it. Let's see, again, uh, to me, storyline-wise, you page yourself into a corner a little bit, getting pissed at the whole roster, and then saying, I'm starting a faction. Like, well, and who exactly are you adding in? Uh, so we'll see how exactly they make it all work. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five on this WWE pay-per-view Sunday payback. Uh, first 
time we're we're having a payback pay per view. It's a new pay per view. Uh, it is shaping up to me at least to be a decent pay per view. Some good matches uh, on the card. Uh, when we look at the overview, Dave, uh, what are your thoughts uh, going into payback tonight? There's a lot of intriguing. I mean, I'm excited just for the fact that it's in Chicago, and we've talked about this on our show before. Chicago's a, uh, it's got a, it's got a personality and a character. I mean, the arena's a gimmick in itself. I mean, they've it's, they've hosted countless WrestleMania, you know, three WrestleManias to be exact. Um, several pay-per-views, probably one of the most popular pay-per-views in recent years was the Money in the Bank in 2011 when CM Punk, Chicago's own, won the title from John Cena and walked out of the company, and it was probably the first storyline in, in recent memory that really made the fans wonder, is this real or is this part of the story? Is he leaving? Is he coming back? And, of course, Punk has now been attached to that audience, and particularly in Chicago, because he is a hometown boy. So I'm looking forward, to, obviously, to that match with him and Jericho. The atmosphere, sh- atmosphere should be good. The crowd should just be into about every single match, and that's including the Divas match too. I think I think they'll be into that just by the the way the the story has presented itself um, since this past Monday with the girls and the interaction they had with the reveal of the secret admirer. I mean, they're going to boo John Cena. And that's going to be a huge thing. They might even boot Ryback too. Um, who knows? I mean, they it's they create a, a an energy as an audience for you know for for wrestling and for pay per views and, and live events that go there that it translates so well across your television screen. In some ways, you feel like you're there. Like we we we've talked about it before in private. You know, I went to your home to watch the Money in the Bank pay per view um, with Punk and Cena. And, you know, we had the surround sound. There was about, like, ten of us in the living room. And we really felt like we were there because that audience just, like I said, they create this energy that just comes off so well on the television screen that it makes you feel like you are a part of that show in that building. I totally agree. I mean, that's one of those places that has a personality all all its own. And, you know, know, it's one of those things, like, when you're a performer, you know, it, it... Energy is is cyclical, and and you know as a performer, whatever it is, music, uh, if you if you do drama plays, if you're a wrestler, uh, you know it's you come out and perform, and if the crowd is hot, you know you perform well, the crowd gets hotter. As the crowd gets hotter, you kind of feed off that energy, and when it works, it's it's a great cycle where it's just the performers are feeding off the crowd as the crowd feeds off the performers, and it becomes this great cycle. And Chicago has become one of those towns where you just you can see that, that cycle unfolding. And I, I do think that you have performers that up their game just because they're in Chicago. And as they up their game, the crowd gets hotter, and you have this great cyclical effect. And I agree with you. You know, with the surround sound, it was turned up. We had a living room full of people. Uh, you know, we were amped. It was the closest we could get to being there without being there. And a lot has to be attributed just to that crowd. And the crowd was so amped, it kind of, you know, the energy of that crowd kind of translated into the living room. I mean, kudos to, if you're from Chicago and you're listening, kudos to Chicago wrestling fans. Because you guys just, I mean, the energy just, it, it comes like through the TV and uh, it, it just it, it makes for like a really exciting pay per view. And you're right; it's it's almost like the the crowd is that that other performer out there. As as the the wrestlers are in the ring, the the other performer 
or like they they say in, in you know the twelfth man or the the sixth man in the NBA or whatever you want to call it. Like that's you know the, that's the crowd. The crowd is uh, just phenomenal uh, when they're they get they get hot. And uh, so looking forward to the performers being on their game tonight and uh, the crowd being hot. Interesting, Dave, that you uh, you brought up the Divas match and. It is interesting that you brought that up because for the first time in a long time, I mean, look, we've done these shows. We do, you know, we purposely came up with this time slot because we wanted it to be a, a pregame, you know, six to eight on Sundays uh, every week. And when there's a pay-per-view, it slots in real nicely to be a pregame. And we try to hit all the matches. And sometimes with calls and everything, we don't hit all the matches. Uh, generally speaking, if we can glaze over one of the matches and not worry about having to hit it, it's usually the Divas match. And, and no disrespect intended, it's just there has not been a lot of attention and and uh, focus and, and good writing towards the Divas. This is the first time in a long time, Dave, that this match deserves a little bit of speculation, deserves a little bit of conversation. I like what Caitlin is doing with her character right now, being heartbroken uh you know as much as we kind of were could have been critical at times that maybe the the at those those vignettes behind the scenes were a little cheesy when she was getting uh notes and about having this secret admirer but the way it all played out the payoff was worth it uh she really for for a woman that uh prefaces by saying i i i find very attractive i do find caitlin attractive but she's she's kind of beefy um she she's muscular but she played that uh doting female uh, very well that that excited uh you know almost uh, a girl waiting for her prom date kind of character uh, and i thought she played it well and now she's an emotionally distraught uh woman and she's a very strong woman uh going into her match now with AJ who caused all this heartbreak uh there's drama here there's uh a relationship they were best friends now they're bitter rivals uh this is something that i, I bet all of us could probably harken back to high school days or, or even college days uh you know with with some women that uh would would have those kind of relationships that were best friends and then one screwed one over or one didn't like the other one's boyfriend and they they stopped getting along and uh I just like the way over the course of the years how this relationship has evolved with AJ and Caitlin, and uh, this match deserves speculation and opinion. I, I think it's a great setup. I'm looking forward to the match. Uh, I, I think it should be a very entertaining match uh, for the ladies. I think it should be a, a hard-hitting match. Uh, just all good stuff coming out from uh, these two divas, Dave. Yeah, I mean, a few months back, I don't know, I, I want to say it was like mid-April, maybe, yeah, it was probably like mid-April, when AJ won the number one contender's ship to be the, 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 the next in line to face Caitlyn for the Divas title, and they didn't really put a, a lot of emphasis on the two of them shortly after that. They had a couple of interactions here and there, but it was almost like it was forgotten about, and, uh, you know, I was kind of worried about that because I like the two of them together on screen. They have a natural chemistry. I, I, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think they're pretty close, pretty tight behind the scenes um, from from, what, from stuff I've heard. But 
They have a natural chemistry together on screen. They work well together. Some of the skits can be cheesy, like you said, but there are other times when you watch them and, you know, it, it looks like they're having a real conversation. It's not rehearsed or, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you watch a promo in wrestling and it looks like that guy, you know, is reading off a teleprompter or, you know, off a you know, piece of paper, you know, or on his wrist, wrist notes, uh, hashtag wrist notes, by the way. Anyhow, um, the uh, but with the girls, like I was glad. Like Monday when they did that big reveal, I was like, "This is good." Like I haven't seen anything like this in a while. Like, and I thought they could have milked the Big E, you know, like when he was holding Caitlyn, and then you know he just kind of dropped her. You knew it was going, but I thought like they could have milked it a little bit longer. But I think they're setting up for Big E to eventually be a babyface at some point, and maybe this is just like the seed that gets planted, you know, maybe it's a swerve with Caitlin to, 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 to get back at AJ. But I like that they, they came back to the issue that the two of them have. Um, and they came back strong with it and it should be a good, I mean, we were talking a few weeks ago about AJ with the submission move that she has very impressive. And, uh, you know, Caitlin's stepped up her game too. And, you know, in the ring and she's a little bit more exciting to watch. You know, you said beefy. I'd like to say, I'd like to say she's, uh, uh, how do I put it? Ridiculous. She's got a, she's got a thick, athletic body, but she's she's good looking. She's hot, you know, and and she, you know she looks like she really works hard out there. Like some of these girls, they, they you know half of them are Barbies, and they 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 look like they're. They look like a couple of kids, like, playing on a playground, like, on a swing set or something. Like, they don't like they don't want to get hurt, some of these girls. Like, Caitlin, she gets in there, she mixes it up. And same thing with AJ, too. So, I, it should be an entertaining match. I'm not expecting a five-star classic. This is Chicago. You know, it's probably going to be the designated bathroom break. Go get your CM Punk T-shirt, take a leak, whatever. But these girls, you know, by the – the intensity of what took place on Monday night and even on Friday when Caitlin like went ape on Exana and slapped the referee, I think we're gonna see like an intense like chick fight, a brawl. We might see like a little a, a little hard hitting. One of these girls might get, you know, lip busted open or, you know, break a nail or whatever, but it should be entertaining nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, it's the first time in a long time that I could say that, that you know, maybe these two are, are the ladies that bring respectability uh, back to the the diva division. I mean, I I I I agree with you. I mean, I like everything that Caitlyn's doing, and uh, you know, I'm a big Caitlyn fan. I mean, I think she's she's tremendous, and she adds a respectability to that title. If not, like Jesus, like just change the title belt, please. I mean, the title belt's ridiculous, but uh, you know, she adds respectability to to the belt, and this is a legit rivalry surrounding uh, that diva championship, which is. Uh, Something that it's, it's sorely lacking, and as we've talked about uh, time and time again, uh, about bringing some respectability back to the secondary belts, uh, we, we've been seeing a little bit of that, uh, you know, and it's a slow process. Uh, you'd like to think maybe this is, you know, Triple H's influence trying to bring uh, respectability back to all these other belts, but we're seeing uh, a little bit of that, and that's a good thing. So in, in saying that, as, uh, you know, we're going to get to the phone calls, 347-838-9815, and we'll talk about whatever match you want to talk about. Just call in and we'll discuss. But as far as this Divas match, Dave, uh, where do you see it going? Who do you think comes out victorious? You know, I'm probably going to have to – I'm going to go with AJ. Um, I think it would help 
like her and Dolph, I mean, you know, and we'll talk about Dolph later, but I think it would help that group overall kind of get some momentum back because it seemed like that, that group kind of lost some momentum since Dolph went out with that concussion, and I think it would help by having her have the Divas Championship. Plus, to be honest with you, I think she deserves it. Not for the overall in-ring work. I'm not saying that, like, she's a, a terrible in-ring worker, but she has improved a little bit. But her character has just been, like, it's been good, and it's been solid, and it's been consistent. She's been, you know, she's performed really well with this crazy, you know, psycho character that she is, that, 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 that they've portrayed her to be on television. I mean, last year she was the talk of, you know, several segments on television with Punk and Daniel Bryan and Kane, and then she had some with John Cena, and she's, she's, she elicits a strong reaction, whether she's, you know, a, a heel or a baby face. And I think, I think it's time that, you know, they, they give her some props, and then maybe you can do the old, you know, chase for the title, and Caitlyn could chase for the championship, and it leads to culminating, and Caitlyn gets her revenge back on her best friend. I think AJ's taking it tonight. And I'm going to agree with you. And I, it, the interesting thing I, I like about this storyline is what? <laughs> and the love fest begins. <laughs> Prediction number one. It's interesting also, I mean, AJ's been a self-proclaimed dork, and she she likes the video games, superheroes, comics, you know, all that all that good stuff. And uh, you know, and, and we love AJ for that. But uh, you know, one of the things with this storyline, being a comic book dork myself, uh, it reminds me a little bit of a classic graphic novel. And if you've never read it, pick it up and read it. It's it's awesome. But the Killing Joke that was out uh, late '80s, early '90s, in which uh, the Joker. In, in an effort to almost justify his own insanity, decides that he's going to try and drive Commissioner Gordon insane uh, by uh, giving him one bad day, as he continues to put it in, in the comic book. Um, and, and part of this storyline reminds me a little bit of that, that AJ has been the crazy one. And this is almost like she is pushing Caitlin in a direction for Caitlin to lose it. And I would like to see how far Caitlin can go now with this character, and if AJ, you know, AJ caused her it, not to lose a boyfriend, but to lose uh, a, a chance at love. Uh, there's a sense of loss there for Caitlyn. If AJ continues this and, and causes Caitlyn to lose the Divas Championship, it is further pushing Caitlyn uh, into that abyss of insanity. And I'd like to see, I think it'd be interesting for the character, I'd like to see how Caitlyn... Uh, does that, how she loses everything and kind of character-wise hits rock bottom and how she uh, handles that and how she handles uh, pursuing uh, going back after the title. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that uh, that group for uh, you know there to be a super couple and talking about, again, trying to beef up these other belts, uh, you know, that faction with, with Ziggler and uh, Big E and AJ, for them to, you know, be together as this super couple. If you have Ziggler and AJ as this super couple holding both those belts, uh, you know, it does add a lot for that faction. So, I, I'm again, I like it both ways. And, and, you know, I do agree with you. I think that AJ deserves it. Uh, it's a just reward. Um, but, you know, I want to see, see AJ win the belt. I want to see how she handles being champ. And I want to see Caitlyn how she handles losing it. So I think dramatically speaking, it, it makes sense for her to lose the belt and have her on the pursuit. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. And we're going to go out to the phones 
You can talk Diva Match or anything you want to talk about. And payback coming up tonight. We're on a pay-per-view Sunday. We're going to go out to the phones, and we got Mr. Trivia on the line. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, guys? Doing all right. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing okay. Can't complain. Just looking forward to uh, what are you, looking forward to tonight's pay-per-view. Ken, you threw me for a loop there. The first caller. I'm usually after Tony. Yeah, Tony, actually, you know, it's, you guys are great who support the show, but Tony shot me a message. He's got some Father's Day festivities, so he's, he said he's going to try and call, but he's going to call late, so uh, kind of switching it up tonight. So what do you got for us? Well, uh, one thing I'd like to find out from you guys what you think on, uh, I guess there's a couple of uh, rumors circulating around about uh, a couple of uh, turns tonight, maybe a Chris Jericho heel turn. Maybe a Daniel Bryan heel turn. And what about the possibility of a CM Punk face turn? And the reason I say that is, you know, I mean, we probably already figured out that that might happen because I guess with Paul Heyman taking this match, I would presume that it didn't sit well with CM Punk because I think he was scheduled to return at SummerSlam. And now he's coming back tonight against Jericho and it's in Chicago and um, and if it does, if it is a, if it is a face turn by CM Punk tonight, who would you like to see CM Punk feud with, Brock Lesnar or Curtis Axel? That's it's a good question. I mean, repeat call. Know? Like, is this a recording? Because I could have sworn he asked us this the other. Yeah, you asked us this the other day. I asked you what the other day about the feud. Yeah, is like a is this a recording? No, I don't. I don't recall uh, asking that question. I might have. Uh, I don't know. My mind. My, my mind might slip in my old age. You could be right, Dave. Well, you know what? I I don't recall what the exact question was, but I, I mean, I, I guess honestly, if you're gonna go like what feud you'd want to see, I, I mean, Sam Punk turning face tonight to me is is borderline inevitable, uh, especially him coming back after a layoff in Chicago. I mean, I, I don't know. It, I just I'd be shocked if he if he doesn't turn face. Um, I guess I would rather see him versus Brock. Uh, I think that would be cool. I think it would be uh, interesting if, you know, Brock comes out at some point and just lays out CM Punk. And, you know, it would be, it would be tremendous if he did it tonight. And, you know, the, the heat that he would get from the Chicago crowd. And then tomorrow night, Paul Heyman has to explain the actions of Brock Lesnar. Um, I think that would be a tremendous feud, uh, but I, I don't know what the deal is with Brock and his uh, his schedule and when he's due to come back and, and what they're going to set up with him. So uh, if I had my choice, that's the feud I want to see, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see something with Curtis Axel. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Um, well, first thing, I mean, as far as Punk returning, I mean, he wasn't – everything I've read is that his return was up in the air. They weren't sure if he was going to come back tonight or if he was going to come back for SummerSlam. There was nothing ever advertised or scheduled. There were some advertisements, but the company pulled the advertisements. And then for, like, several weeks straight, there was no advertisement for SummerSlam for him returning. So there was no schedule for him to come back. They even talked about possibly as late as Survivor Series, but then they realized that'd be friggin' stupid. But as far as for him turning babyface, well, he's going to get a strong reaction in Chicago because it's his hometown. Uh, 
I, the big money matches with him and Brock Lesnar. Let's face it, Brock Lesnar's a name. Punk, Punk's a, a pretty big name now in the world of wrestling. Um, these two have been kept separate, despite the fact that they've been managed by the same guy for uh, an extended period of time. They have not appeared together on camera and on uh, television, so. I think it's going to happen, and from what I understand, from what I've read, is that the company wants to do Punk and Lesnar. They're not sure when, whether it's going to be SummerSlam or Survivor Series, but before the year is over, we will probably see a CM Punk-Brock Lesnar um, rivalry take place. I don't know if they'll even push it back to WrestleMania, but I've heard that Brock is possibly scheduled for SummerSlam, but that's pending a whole a lot of different scenarios, which I'm going to touch upon in my news report uh, at the top of the hour. Um, but I like the idea of him being a baby face. I mean, he's accomplished everything he could as a heel, let's face it. And, you know, he, he had the, the the longest reign as WWE champion that's been beaten to death. We don't have to go into how many days he's done it. He tried for the streak. He's been with Paul. He's done just about everything. I mean, reverting him back to a baby face, having his return start tonight in Chicago, he gets he, – he gets pretty decent. I mean, especially in the Northeast. Like, you know, we we were there at WrestleMania. He got a strong reaction against a guy like The Undertaker, you know, in Madison Square Garden at the Hall of Fame at WrestleMania. Um, you know, the, the, the males like him. You know, the young, you know, males like him. And the kids, you know, don't like him because he's, you know, he's a heel. You know, he's he's the traditional old school heel. Um, I like the idea you brought up, Ken, about Lesnar. I think that would be pretty cool if he just surprised, came out, took out Punk, and, uh, you know, then they could set something up between the two of them um, for, for down the line. But, yeah, it's it's inevitable. I think the Curtis-Axel feud should wait. I think Axel needs to float around in the mid-card and, 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 and get legitimate victories before he gets thrust into a feud with CM Punk because after the way they've portrayed him lately, he just doesn't come off as legitimate to me despite the fact he comes out on TV every week with Paul Heyman. Oh, so Dave, so you're not seeing uh you're not seeing uh Curtis Axel win the IC title tonight? To be honest with you, you know, I talked about this with Ken, um and you, you know, I don't everyone's everyone's predicting it. I'm not, and I'll tell you why. Number 1, Fandango was scheduled to compete in that match and he suffered a concussion. Okay, they thrust Axel in there so they can give him a spot in the card because he's been on television. Axel wasn't in the original plans. My guess is, and this is you know, it's just a guess, that Fandango is probably going to win the Intercontinental Title tonight because he's a pet project of Vince's. This is this has got Vince written all over it. He, this is he's trying to develop this guy into being a big name, and I'm assuming he was probably going to win the Intercontinental Championship tonight in that Triple Threat match. I don't see the point in putting the Intercontinental title on Axel. He's only had a handful of matches. I'd have him kind of float around the mid-card a little bit, and I'd have either Barrett or Miz win. I'm not going to make – you know, I'll make a prediction right now. I'm going to go Wade Barrett. I'm going to go Wade Barrett because if the Miz wins in Chicago, you know they're going to riot. But I'm going to go with Wade Barrett winning that triple threat match only because – Curtis Axel has been claiming undefeated. He's beaten Triple H a couple of times. He's beaten Cena a couple of times. Some count-off victories. He got a, a, a victory over Jericho. I just see Axel coming out tomorrow night on Raw, despite the fact that he had not won the Intercontinental title. Him and Hamey can still boast that they that he is undefeated. He can still get that cheap heat. And, you know, with Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman will lay it on pretty thick. So that's my prediction for that match. I don't think Axel's winning the Intercontinental title tonight. I could be wrong. They have been before, but that's my reason behind it. 
There we go. And one other quick thing, guys. Um, we also talked about CM Punk possibly feuding with Lesnar and everything. Uh, one thing, one thing I think would make a really good match or a really good feud is CM Punk versus any member of the Shield, because if you remember how the Shield kind of like never went after CM Punk, they always seemed to go after the guys he was fighting and so forth and so on, and people thought that. CM Punk and the Shield had this going and had that going and everything. And it's like, it would be something to see the Shield come out and beat up CM Punk and then have a feud with CM Punk and one of the Shields. I think that would go down as a couple of classic matches. Hey, guys, enjoy the pay-per-view. Thanks for my call, and uh, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Take it easy. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, that's that's an interesting point. I didn't even think of that, the... Uh, the implementation of the shield and uh you know i mean the shield they're, they're obviously you know in that heel mode uh, a lot of fans a lot of including myself like what they're doing uh, they do get some cheers uh you want to get a, a collective booing um they come down and beat the hell out of cm punk uh trivia brings up a real good point and you know if we look at i think we're both kind of in agreement that there's a real good possibility cm punk goes face you know the shield comes out and beats the hell out of CM Punk, you can kind of transition the shield away from this Daniel Bryan, Kane, Randy Orton thing. And I agree, you could have some classic matchups between uh, CM Punk and uh, members of the shield. Uh, who knows, have uh, CM Punk team up with someone, uh, tag team matches uh, that could be interesting. Uh, Interesting take on it. I, I would prefer, I think, the moment of having Brock Lesnar show up and beat the hell out of Punk, but the Shield is intriguing, Dave. That I'm telling you right now, those matches will happen. It's a great point Mr. Trivia brings up. Those matches will happen whether Punk teams up with a couple of guys to face them or if he goes individually against a guy like Rollins. I think if they were to do a singles feud with Punk and one of the members of the Shield, it will obviously be with Ambrose because Ambrose – he seems to be the favorite amongst management, um, you know, seeing that he's got the singles championship. It's going to happen eventually, and I think it would be pretty damn cool. And, you know, if you remember, there's history between the two sides because the Shield helped Punk win several matches, and granted, Punk wasn't supposedly in on it, but Heyman paid them to get a job done, and it, you'll see it eventually. It's There's, there's limitless options right now because the shield is so intriguing of guys that they could work with um and i it's done it's gonna have it's bottom line i'm speechless but it's done it will take place and I, i'd love to see it yeah i would love to too I, I didn't even think of that but i think that that could be cool i mean i think there's going to be something screwy going on um in that match but uh Let's all right, since we touched a little bit on the match uh we're talking about that faction with uh aj uh Let's talk a little bit about, you know, Ziggler finally coming back, finally cleared to wrestle, uh, out of the woods with, with the concussion. Now, they, they kept the belt on him, so you figure they got some big plans for Ziggler. Uh, they could have easily stripped him of the belt. Uh, it would have made sense even to say, you know, you can't compete. Uh, the belt's off you. But they kept the belt on him, still the world champion, going up against Del Rio. Del Rio. Uh, this evening, um... I don't know. For me, if I'm if I'm putting a prediction, I mean, I think this is going to be a good match. I always like what Ziggler brings to the table. Uh, Del Rio, very talented performer as well. Uh, looking for this to be a very solid match, very entertaining match. But 
Uh, as I kind of hinted at before, looking at this faction, uh, I see this being the the next super couple in wrestling. Ziggler and AJ having them both have title belts, helping put both those titles over a little bit more. So I'm looking for Ziggler to retain the world championship in his match against Del Rio. What do you think, Dave? And the love fest continues because I will agree. Like I said on Tuesday's show, Ziggler, they got plans for him. That's why they kept the title on him, despite the fact he was out for a few weeks with a concussion. The Chicago crowd likes a guy like Ziggler because he works his ass off. Um, I don't know what to expect tonight, only because Ziggler, you know, hasn't had been in the ring much. I expect a little bit of ring rust, but at the same time, because he's been so irrelevant lately, because he hasn't been on television, I think he's going to have to come back, you know, come out with a bang and have a really good stand-up, you know, just straight-up wrestling match with with uh, Del Rio. And the interesting thing is that, you know, we talked about it on the show how his return last week was very underwhelming and just, you know, kind of F, like there was no big pizzazz to it. And now he's on TV talking about, you know, on SmackDown Friday night talking about how he's getting no respect, he's the world champion, you know, this, that, and the other. He returned, nobody really cares kind of thing. And I think after tonight, I'm predicting Dolph Ziggler, but I think after tonight, after his performance and when he beats Del Rio, it's kind of got to kind of be one of those F you to the people, like, and then even, you know, to quote-unquote, you know, management like Teddy Long and the general managers that I'm here, I'm the champ, and, you know, I'm here to stay kind of thing. And I think after tonight we're going to see a lot more um, focus on Dolph Ziggler and that group, and I think we'll see some momentum. And uh, to be honest with you, it's going to be interesting because, you know, Ziggler retaining, you know, my prediction, Ziggler retaining, AJ winning the women's title, and then you got the Shield with three championships. You've basically, in a sense, got two groups that pretty much own three quarters, three quarters of, you know, uh, the, the the titles in the WWE. So it, it's it's a pretty interesting uh, dynamic that what's going on, that, like, groups are kind of taking over the championships, which is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I've always been a fan of the groups and the factions. So, I mean, I, I I think it's kind of cool, and I think it at least right now, you know, we've we've talked about it. I mean, the the belts for for a time period, is, is, except the WWE Championship, have kind of been uh, forgotten, crapped on, if you will. Uh, you know, these factions, uh, you know, may serve to assist in in giving these titles a little bit more prestige again, which. Uh, they sorely need three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. And right now, why don't we go out? We have uh, Ray Ray Mars on the line. Ray, are you there? Oh, Ken Reedy. How you doing, man? What do you got for us tonight? Well, first of all, just wanted to uh, call and see. I uh, wish everybody happy Father's Day. Just because I'm a nice guy like that. So there's that, and also uh, want to see how uh, how the uh, the rest of wrestling on fire went after I left. I saw you were uh, you were killing it as far as the ring announcing portion of the show went. So how how, did that, how was that experience for you? I try. It was good. I, I thought uh, you know I honestly I thought last night was the best uh, live show we've put on actually since I've been a part of wrestling on fire. I thought it was a real solid show. Uh, some great matches. Uh, the, you know, the the final match, uh, 
House Party is just a tremendous tag team, and uh, what they bring to the table, they're you know very entertaining, high energy tag team wrestling. And I've always been a big fan of tag team wrestling, so uh, it was solid. It was it was definitely a good show, and it was uh, a little bit more exhausting than usual because I was running back and forth in and out of the ring. But I was very happy in doing my ring announcing. Like one of the things I was really paranoid about was at one point I'm going to get into the ring and somehow I'm going to trip over the ropes and fall, and that's just going to be the worst. <laughs> Somehow coming in and out of the ring, I did not do that, and that to me, that's a good night. Well, it's good to hear that uh, figuratively and literally you did not fall on your face. That's good. Unfortunately, I was not able to uh, see the rest of the show after after my involvement. I had uh, places to be, uh, namely the BWO, to uh, take part in my main event match. I don't know if you heard anything about BWO, who also put on a fantastic show. Last night, from everything I heard, we had Jay Lethal as a part of the show. Um, of course, also, I mean, Ray Ray Mars, hey, not to, not to brag too, too much, but I always feel that I am worth the price of admission. And the main event last night, it saw Ray Ray Mars, Steve Off, Sean Sheridan, and Darius Carter in a four-way match for the United States Championship. The one championship... No disrespect to Tristan Law, but the United States Championship has really become, in my opinion, the title to own in the BWO with everybody that's going after the championship. And Steve Off, up until, hey, I'll tell you what, Steve Off, hey, anybody that can take the U.S. title off of Ray Ray Mars, hey, and Steve Off, I've wrestled him many times, great competitor, but just last night wasn't uh, any of our nights. In fact, Sean Sheridan just uh, wound up pinning me to win his first BWO championship. And uh, you know what? I don't really mind as much. Obviously, Sheridan was on my bad side, considering he cost me the United States title match I had with Steve off the month before. But it's okay, Ken Reedy. Do you know why? Because Ray Ray Mars, despite getting pinned last night, is a winner. And I'm gonna, just to, real, to quote one of my favorite... Fantasy Football Follows on Twitter, a guy by the name of C.D. Carter. He just wrote a book last night, and sometimes other people can explain the things that I'm feeling better than I can ever hope to word. But here's the thing. This is a little something that I've taken into my mindset. It's a little something that uh, it's talking about winning. See, the commitment to winning demands trade-offs that most people are unwilling to make for a lot of valid reasons. And winning consistently in any competitive endeavor, like professional wrestling, it requires brutality that makes a lot of well-adjusted people cringe, knowing that they're going to break a lot of well-established rules of civil society. You know, we're also winners, Ken Reedy. We're immoral crooks, thieves, and we're going to hurt feelings. We're going to bruise egos on our way to winning, if that's what it takes. We're going to do this, and win or lose, we're going to smile in the end. I accept this which means I'm on my way straight back to the top of the BWO, despite the hiccup in the road. Sean Sheridan, I'll let you have your moment, but you can't keep Ray Ray Mars, the cream of the crop, from rising to the top of the BWO and the wrestling industry. And rant. Well, you know, it's great to see you. You still, uh, you know, a couple setbacks, but you still got the confidence. Uh, before I let you go, where, uh, where will you be wrestling in the uh, future? In about two weeks, June the 29th, I'll be wrestling in Lakewood, New Jersey for the FWF, the Funkified Wrestling Federation. They've been putting on a lot of good shows as of late around the South Jersey 
area, even going up as far north as Manville, places like that. We had Big Van Vader recently in Bricktown at the end of April. I believe Balls Mahoney will be on this show in Lakewood. I believe Tito Santana as well. A bunch of other big name competitors. Uh, I know I just got a whole bunch of dates for Wrestling on Fire. I don't remember any of them. Uh, July, I believe they... Actually, actually, I think July is pretty easy month for AMRs. BWO, we're not running in July. I don't know about Wrestling on Fire. But that's really all I've got on the horizon at the moment. And then August, things start picking up again. But anything, if I get anything in between, I'll be sure to call in and let all the, the five viewers of the Ken Reedy show, or viewers, viewer, viewing on the on the, the telephone, listeners of the Ken Reedy show, let them know where AMR is going to be. Thanks a lot for giving us a call tonight. Good luck with, with everything. And, uh, yeah, look forward to having you on the show again and, uh, you know, hitting the on-fire studios. Take it easy, man. Indeed. Take it easy, man. Well, there you have it. Again, you never know who's going to call. All the, the indie guys love to call in here. And uh, my broadcast partner for Wrestling on Fire, so Ray Ray Mars, gives us a call, 347 347- Eight three eight nine eight one five. We're getting close to the break, but why don't we go out to the line, the phone lines, one more time? Because we got Justin on the line. Justin, are you there? Hi, Ken. Justin, how are you today? I missed you, man. I miss you too. But at least we get to talk twice a week on the Ken Reedy Show, talking wrestling, all about this wonderful world of wrestling. Uh, we got a pay per view tonight. Payback. Uh, very exciting. Got a lot of you know. You got Cena Ryback. You got the the divas, Caitlyn and AJ. You got Ziggler and Del Rio. Uh, all these great Punk and Jericho. All these great matches coming should deliver on on a great pay per view, a good performance. Uh, we're looking forward to a great show tonight. What are you looking forward to tonight, Justin? I will be it's gonna be AJ Styles versus Caitlyn. But a Divas Championship. That would, well, it's, it's AJ, not not AJ Styles. AJ Styles, the guy oh. in TNA. But uh, who do you think is going to win that match? You got AJ. You know, AJ has been not so nice to Caitlyn. She's been a bit of a meanie, if yeah. you will. Who do you think is going to win uh, that that Divas Championship match between Caitlyn and AJ? It's going to be AJ. You think AJ? Look. We're all in agreement, Dave. You and I both picked AJ, and Justin picks AJ as well, the new champion, Dave. Yes. 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 <laughs> We've all agreed on this. And uh, I think, I think uh, you know, all these great minds are thinking alike because, uh, you know, we know our wrestling. We know our stuff. Right, Justin? Right, Dave. You're That's smart. right. Anything else you're looking forward to tonight, Justin? A mess of good, you know, good matches set up for tonight. Any of the other matches uh, you're looking real forward to? Um, what about John Cena versus CM Punk? Ryback tonight. How about John Cena versus Ryback? Who do you think is going to win that match? Three stages of hell. It'll be John Cena. John Cena is going to retain his, his title. Yes, he is. Awesome. Got any? You think it's going to be a good match? Care to speculate? What you know? It's three stages of hell in this match. You got a lumberjack match. Uh, there's an ambulance match, 
And there's a uh, holy cow! I'm brain farting. What's the third step? Uh, uh, a match. Lumberjack and ambulance tables match. Tables match. Thank you. Tables match, ambulance match, and uh, lumberjack match. Which which stage of hell are you looking forward to most, Justin? Um, the ambulance match. Looking forward to the ambulance match, huh? Oh yeah. That that should be interesting. I think that's going to be the. Uh, that might be the most physical. Uh, but, yeah, it should be a cool match. Looking forward to that match. So, uh, and you're saying John Cena is going to survive these three stages of hell? Oh, yes, he is. Awesome. Justin, I appreciate it so much that each and every week you give us a call to support the show. Thank you so much for calling in, and uh, we'll talk to you Tuesday. Sure, Ken. And tell Dave he's a cool guy. Dave, you're a cool guy. Thank you, Justin. You're a cool guy, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Take it easy, Justin. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Ken. And there you have it. Always happy to talk to Justin. He is, uh, just makes us feel good. He just, it's, it's a happy call. It's always a happy call when he calls. So we got some people on hold. We're going to get to you ASAP on the other side of the break, 347-838-9815. In this payback pay-per-view Sunday, we got a lot of other matches to talk about on the other side of the hour. But for now, it is time for our 50-50 Day 5 news break. Take it away, Dave. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 news report, only heard here at the top of the hour every Sunday night on the Ken Reedy Show. Now, unfortunately, my first two stories I'm going to have to start off with are some sad stories, some somber stories, so to speak. So bear with me here, but the rest of the report will be very entertaining and very Dave Five-like. Um, our first story this week, TMZ.com reported the official results of Reed Flair's autopsy report. The official cause of death was ruled as an accidental overdose due to the use of heroin and other drugs. The autopsy also revealed traces of Xanax and clonazepam. I don't even know if I spelled it right. I apologize to the official drug itself if I misplaced you, mis misspelled your name, you know, name your drug, excuse me, in his system. Reed Flair, son of two-time WWE Hall of Famer Rick Flair, was found dead in a North Carolina hotel by his father on March 29th. The other sad story, Memphis wrestling legend, the fabulous one, Jackie Fargo, was found unconscious in his home on Saturday by his daughter and was taken to a local hospital. His daughter spoke publicly and said that about 15% of his heart is working. Fargo has been fighting heart disease for some time now. Best wishes here from the Ken Reed Show out to the fabulous one, Jackie Fargo. And for some of you out there who don't know who Jackie Fargo is, he was a, a big legend in the Memphis wrestling territory. As a matter of fact, he is a mentor and probably an idol of one Jerry the King Lawler and Jeff Jarrett, who both got their big breaks in the Memphis area. Our third story this week... TNA Wrestling has cut ties with Michael Weber, Vice President of Marketing. Prior to this cut, TNA had released several roster members in the past two weeks, such as Gut Check winner Alex Silva, OBW head trainer Douglas Williams, former X Division television and tag team champion, and announcer Todd Kennelly. 
Before his time in TNA, Weber worked for WCW from 1992 to 1999 in a similar role, as well as worked for the WWE in the late 80s in, in a public relations type role. Our fourth story, with the anticipated return of one CM Punk to tonight's payback pay-per-view, there's some internal talk within the WWE about how he will be used, considering that this is his last year of his current contract. Most believe he will receive a large push as a babyface going forward. There are, there's not been any talk if there's been discussions between both sides about a renewal of a contract. And our final story this week, Figure Four Wrestling Online reports potential matchups for this year's SummerSlam pay-per-view. One match, The Undertaker teaming with Kane to take on The Shields, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. It's been reported that The Undertaker cannot compete, or if he's not healthy, the backup plan calls for Randy Orton versus, excuse me, Randy Orton and Sheamus versus those two members of The Shield. All these other matches are potential matchups, all depending on certain scenarios. We talked about possibly Brock Lesnar and CM Punk earlier in the show. Another match that's been talked about is Biggie Langston versus either the Big Show or the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Another match has been talked about. Actually, a couple more matches have been talked about. Rey Mysterio and Dean Ambrose for SummerSlam, as well as Rey Mysterio and Jack Swagger. A big matchup that's been talked about, but this is all depending on where they want to go with, with Randy Orton, is one Randy Orton versus Ryback. And the final match that's been discussed and pushed for heavily within the WWE is one Daniel Bryan versus John Cena. Not only for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, but also for SummerSlam. And, of course, all these plans are tentative and are just pure speculation going forward. And there you have it. Oh, no, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Now I need a vacation. I'm losing my head here. Me TV, Friday night, 11 p.m., Wrestling on Fire. Ken Reedy, Ray Ray Mars bring you all the action every Friday night, 11 p.m., Me TV. And season nine of The Gun Show. Apparently, El Rotundo's been missing, and Steve Off has been looking for him. But where's Bob Arian? Check him out, YouTube slash The Gun Show Web TV. And there you have it. This is a Team 5 News Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show. I am out of breath, Ken. Take take it away. Oh, yes. We're limping towards our summer vacation. <laughs> I think I need one, too. Christ. <laughs> oh, yes. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We got a pay-per-view Sunday, WWE Payback. First time, new pay-per-view. Looks like it's going to be a good card, and we're going to go back out to the phones. We have, uh, here we go, we got a 914 call. Are you there? Hey, Ken, it's Tony. Hey, Tony, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. Yeah, sorry, I'm calling a little late, but, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, on the way home, but, uh, so, yeah, but, uh, Great, John. What are you What are you looking forward to tonight? So give us a little bit of uh, your take on how this paper is shaping up. Um, I guess the other card is, is looking pretty good. Is looking pretty interesting. You know, we got uh, you know the Shield matches. Um, I'm thinking of both. You know, the, the Shield guys will retain. Uh, the um, I don't know. Uh, you know, Del Rio and uh, Ziggler. I mean, they should keep the belt on top. They want to you know keep this push going. Uh, um, 
I think it, I think you know, and of course, Chris Jericho, CM Punk should be should be really good. Should be a really fun match. Uh, you know, and like I say, you know, I mean, that is since you know it's Punk's hometown. He's good, the fans are gonna cheer. You know, are gonna be popping huge for him. You know, I think uh, I think you know, but I I like I I think I mentioned this on the other night. But you know, like I think after this, you know, like maybe they could do like a, a Punk face turn, or even like I really like maybe like. Uh, even like do like a double turn where you know, yeah, where Jericho go heel, and you know Punk could be a babyface. You know, well, that, that, do, like, that would not surprise me at all if we see Jericho turn heel, uh, depending on, you know what I, I mean. We're hearing that his run, this current run in the WWE, is is close to being over. Uh, you know, why not go out as a heel? Uh, would not surprise me if we see like a, a double turn tonight. Uh, who do you think comes out victorious in that match? Well. I would think, you know, seeing Punk since it's his hometown, but you know, you never know. I mean, they could always do something where, I don't know, where, you know, like I said, Punk was like, oh, hey, you know, I didn't, <laughs> you know, Heyman next year like, accepted the challenge uh, from Jericho, you know, for Punk, and, you know, they could always do something where Punk is like, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know if having him lose in his hometown would really be, uh, you know, would be the best way to go, but I mean, you know, uh, I would I would think you know have him win you know like it's first match back since WrestleMania and you know I I I think yeah yeah I think you'd have to have him go over you know because I you know like I say it's you know, his hometown I don't know if he can get this I don't know if he can get the Chicago fans to pull him I don't think that can happen I, I, I would tend to agree with that uh, Do you think the pay per view is shaping up to be I mean you think this is a solid card I mean do you like what what it looks like at least on paper. What's that about how I'll have the lineup looks? The whole card looks. I mean, you think it's going to be a solid pay-per-view? It probably should. Yeah, I, like I said, the undercard should be solid. Even the um, even the Divas match, I'm actually, you know, it's like they've actually got a story going into that one. I'm, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, AJ's going to win in this way. You know, Shane Dolph can each be champions. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing that'll, you know, I'm, wouldn't be surprised if that happens. And I'm, uh, then, um, Curtis Axel will probably get the uh, Intercontinental belt tonight. You know, at least, at least I hope he is. <laughs> you know, cause... It's funny because I think, you know, and I might as well, I'll, I'll give my prediction on that match. I mean, I, I agree. I think Axel uh, is, is going to walk out the IC champion. Uh, it's interesting, you know, sometimes, you know, like you got to, you step out on your own. You know, if you have a different opinion, you you go out, you voice it, uh, you know, and, and Dave, you're out there on an island, but, uh you know, Dave is, is like the only guy I know that's predicting uh, a different outcome. But who knows? I mean, I think all all your points, Dave, are, are valid on this match. Uh, I think Axel's going to win. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're looking for a retention for Wade? Yes, I am. I, I think that uh, because Axel wasn't in the plans to win the Intercontinental title originally, at least as far as it, it was shown on television and from what I've heard, um, I think Wade will will win, but then again, you know, you guys make valid points too. That you know he's, you know, he's, he's a name that's you know being put out there on television now. He's been aligned with Paul Heyman. He's getting a push, so why not give him the title kind of thing? So, you know, but I, I'm I'm going with I'm gonna I'm gonna be the loner on this one and uh, and then go with a, a Wade Barrett win. So Tony, thank you so much for giving us a buzz tonight. I uh, hope you and your family had a great Father's Day. Um, Tony yep. is our expert blogger, blogs on Impact, 
SmackDown, Monday Night Raw, so be sure to check him out on the Ken Reedy Show dot com, the best blogger in the business. Tony, thanks for the call. Talk to you Tuesday. All right, exactly. Take it easy. Yeah, you, know, you know, it's interesting because you're talking about that that match. I mean, when you talk about the, the IC title match, here's here's one of the things I'm thinking. And again, getting back to you know, we talked about CM Punk and and coming back as a face. And again, a lot of guys when they come back from injury, they're going to get that pop initially. Um, you know, what if since you know, like you're saying, I mean, Fandango, uh, perhaps he's a, a pet project of Vince McMahon. Uh, as far as, I don't know if you're hearing any, anything, Dave. I really haven't heard uh, a timetable as far as when Fandango comes back. Perhaps, look, we saw it in New York, the Raw after WrestleMania. He's gone for a little while. His music hits. He gets the pop. Perhaps do we have... Axel winning the IC title tonight, and when Fandango is cleared to come back, do we have Fandango come back as a face, and we have him pursue the IC title going after uh, Axel? Um, I don't think that's going to happen, only because both guys are being pushed and in a and seen in a positive light on television. If anything, um. You know, I'm not making a bold prediction, but it wouldn't surprise me tonight if we see a Fandango appearance, maybe costing Wade Barrett the Intercontinental title, turning him babyface, and then moving forward with a Fandango-Wade Barrett feud. Um, and as far as, you know, hearing anything about Fandango coming back or timetable, I have not heard anything. I know that the company is really taking concussions very, very seriously now, especially with the severity of, uh, of Dolph's concussion, um, considering that he had amnesia, uh, retrograde amnesia, uh, you know, from that concussion that he suffered, you know, over a month ago. So um, I don't know when we expect to see Fandango come back. However, you know, this may be a little bit off topic, but I was just reading um, on the, uh, the the Wrestling News Source Facebook page, and there was a tweet from uh, Bray Wyatt from the Wyatt family, um, you know, former Husky Harris, and uh, he mentioned something about payback tonight. Could we see a possible appearance by the Wyatt family tonight debuting at payback in Chicago? And considering how popular their vignettes have been amongst, you know, WWE fans and just wrestling fans in general, um, you know, it could possibly generate a good buzz having them debut in some form or fashion on tonight's pay-per-view. I know it's a little off topic, but it's just something I thought maybe I'd bring to mind. Maybe, you know, some of our listeners and callers would like to speculate on it. Yeah, you know, I find the, the Wyatt family very intriguing. Uh, I think everyone's just that they're, those vignettes are just amazing and creepy. Um, very curious to see how uh, they're going to handle it once they're actually in the arena. Um and, and interesting as far as playing fantasy wrestling, you know, do you put do you put the Wyatt family on uh, your your fantasy team uh, in case they they show up and do something? Uh, all those those questions surrounding the Wyatt family, but uh, I got I got a lot of a lot of optimism as to what this family is going to do. And as you said, you know, now it's it's looking like in wrestling in the landscape of wrestling, you never know where it's going to go, what's going to change, uh, what. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, and it looks like we're moving into an era where groups and factions are uh, in vogue again, and uh, we're we're back with them, and we'll have the Wyatt family, we have the the Shield, 
Uh, we have Ziggler's little group. Uh, we we have Heyman's group. Uh, so who knows? You know, it looks like we're moving uh, in that direction right now. And again, we have Main Event Mafia forming again, as well as Ace and Eights over there and Impact Wrestling. So uh, the the groups are definitely making a comeback right now, which is cool because I've always been a fan of the groups. Uh, do we see uh, the Wyatt family showing up tonight? Who knows? I'd like to see them. I just want to see these guys. You know, as much as I love the vignettes, eventually it's like, all right, like let's just let's get these guys in there. I want to see what they can do. I want to see a live promo. I want to see, uh, you know, what what finishers they're bringing to the table. I really am excited to see them come on board. So, uh, looking forward to seeing their debut. Do they show up and cause someone a match at some point tonight? Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. And as we're speaking on factions, there is no faction. In all of pro wrestling, that is as hot right now as the Shield. The Shields have come on like gangbusters. Uh, some new faces, uh, at least for WWE television. Uh, tremendous matchups. Three very talented individuals. The faction involved in two matches uh, this evening. And first off, let's talk about this uh, this tag team match, tag team title match, teaming up Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton. Uh, versus Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. And let me, uh, you know, you, you almost when you talk about this match, you got to kind of separate. Now, on one hand, I, I'll talk negative first. I, I think it's some odd writing, some odd storytelling to split up hell no, then team up these guys. And I said it before, hey, we'll, we'll end one mismatched tag team and put together a new mismatched tag team. Uh it's odd to me. It, I don't know if it, it works for me storyline-wise. However, I think it's going to be a very entertaining match. Uh, it's one of the matches I'm really looking forward to. Uh, all these guys can go. Uh, again, talking out of both sides of my mouth, I was saying that I think the storyline-wise, the six-man tag matches were getting old. However, the matches have been gold and loved the... The SmackDown match, uh, the the RKO, the teamwork between Daniel Bryan, Kane, and Randy Orton, I thought that was really cool. Uh, that that all worked for me. So they've been very good matches. Uh, I, I guess I, I'm being slight slightly critical of the storytelling, but um, you know I an- anticipate this match uh, being a very entertaining match. Do we ha- get further uh, some intrigue in the storytelling? Do we get a heel turn, perhaps? Does Randy Orton turn? Does Daniel Bryan turn? Do we have nobody turn? I think those are the biggest question marks in this match because prediction-wise, I would be shocked if the Shield does not come out victorious. I think the the storytelling is the most intrigued whether we have a heel turn or not in this matchup, but I'm looking for the Shield to win this match. Your thought on everything going on surrounding this match, Dave? Well, I I understand your criticism towards, you know, the, the mismatching with the booking, and I could see where you're coming from. I think, you know, just taking an educated guess, I think going forward, they're, they're booking, you know, the, this mismatched team of Brian and Orton so that one of them could turn on the other. Uh, original plans, from what I understand, from what I read, uh, were to book Orton and Bryan against each other in a singles match at the pay-per-view, but they switched that up, and now we have the tag team match. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying we could see a Daniel Bryan heel turn tonight. Um, you know, but he's so popular that I don't, I don't think it should happen. Um, 
but it's possible, and a Randy Orton heel turn is also very possible as well, um, considering the the on air, you know, chemistry that he's had with Brian and the, the disagreements, and you know, the the some you know the reaction he got um, a couple weeks ago from RKOing Daniel Bryan, albeit it was in New York, and New York's a big Daniel Bryan market, so to speak. So. Um, I think uh, I think we're gonna see. I mean, the Shield's gonna win. That's I'm, I'm you know that's that's a no brainer in my opinion. Um, I don't see them doing another mismatched tag team with a run with the titles um, for Daniel Bryan and Orton. I think it will eventually lead to the two of them possibly having a match, whether it be on Raw tomorrow, whether it be at the next pay per view, Money in the Bank. Um, but you know, we're gonna see an Orton Bryan singles feud going forward after tonight. It just depends on who decides to make the turn, or if they're even going to do a turn. Um, you know, the Chicago audience kind of dictates kind of what what goes on in certain matches, you know, by their reaction towards certain guys. The Shield's going to get a, a pretty big pop, um, in my opinion, um, from that audience. Daniel Bryan will, too. I wouldn't be surprised if Orton's the only one that gets booed in that match. Um, but I think they're going to – I don't think they're going to turn either of them, to be honest with you, uh, tonight. One of them will turn eventually, but I don't think either of them. And just my prediction: I don't think either of them are going to turn tonight. I don't think they're going to give the uh, the satisfaction, um, you know, of the audience to see a Randy Orton heel turn. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me either in Chicago if Randy Orton turns heel, and then all of a sudden the fans cheer and they're like, "Oh wow, we got you know, we finally got what we wanted." They're happy about it, you know. So, but we will see the Shield retain and uh, you know have a long dominant run as tag team champions going forward, but. After tonight, it's Brian and Orton in a singles feud for a little while at least. Uh, you know, that wouldn't surprise me at all. The other match the Shield's involved in is the U.S. title match. Uh, how do you think that match is going to unfold? Um, I think Ambrose will win. Um, I think he'll either, one or two ways. He'll find some real sneaky way to cheat to win to beat Kane because, you know, Kane's a bigger guy and, you know, Ambrose is a little smaller. Or... He'll get help from from the other two members of the Shield. Maybe they'll interfere, and then that's how they'll start the other tag match or whatever. But um, I think the uh, going forward, the the two uh, you know those two matches, the Shield will retain somehow in some fashion. And you know, heading towards uh, the rest of the summer, there'll be a a, a large focal point of uh, you know WWE storylines. I would agree. You know, it's funny, as as we're talking, and, and I didn't think of this beforehand, but in, in looking at Kane and the character of Kane, and I, and I love what Kane brings to the table. Uh, you know, I think, he, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he's he's an underrated star. I mean, for the, the guy his size to be able to continue to invent and reinvent himself and make it believable, and, you know, he moves good for a, a larger guy. I love what he brings to the table, and right now we're we're in kind of a not not as dark a cane as we've seen in the past. Uh, this just popped into my head as we're we're talking about different things. What if the Wyatt family had something to do with this match? It's obvious they're doing some sort of cult kind of thing. Uh, do they they tempt Kane back to the dark side? Uh, do they? They feud with Kane. I mean, they have some big guys in the Wyatt family that could make for some some interesting matches. Uh, you know, could the Wyatt family show their themselves during this match? And again, 
I think we, we have to, at some point, transition some of these guys into different feuds and transitioning Kane out of a feud with the Shield and perhaps something uh, mysterious and sinister and, and dark uh, with the Wyatt family, Dave. That's an interesting theory that I did not even think of that I wouldn't mind seeing, to be quite honest with you, um, you know, considering that Kane has that, you know, dark side character to him. And it would be a good introduction for the Wyatts to uh, to come on to WWE television itself. Um, I kind of like that idea. I, I, I'd run with that. Yeah, and, you know, and, uh, you know, what, what I'm trying to, like, I'm, again, brain farting. Uh, Brody Lee. I mean, Brody Lee, uh, What's which Wyatt is he now? Is he a... Uh, um, Luke Harper, maybe. I think he's Luke Harper. Uh, you know, I mean, his his vibe. I mean, you know, he's he's a seven footer. Uh, could set up some really entertaining matches with uh, Kane. And again, like maybe tempting Kane back to the dark side, or uh, you know, however they're going to play this off. But it's definitely it's got like kind of a cult vibe. And yeah, I mean, if you're looking for this Wyatt family to make an impact. I mean, why not? I mean, is there anyone better than to come in and make an impact with Kane? And that's something you could run with with a little while. Like, whether you have Kane completely go back to the darker version of of his character, if they they change him up completely, uh, if he remains a face. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can go with this. Uh, but it's definitely, when you look at the sinister nature of the Wyatt family, uh, it's definitely something that... Uh, you know, I think could work for Kane's character getting having some sort of involvement, whether it's a rivalry or at some point even being brought into the cult itself. Uh, I, I think it would make for a really cool storytelling having Kane involved in some way uh, with the Wyatt family. So I think we're both in agreement that uh, Ambrose is going to win that match. Uh, but again, when you look at that, do we have uh, Shield involvement? Do we have Shield interference, or do we have the Wyatt family interfering? Uh, I would be very, very surprised if Ambrose winds up winning this match cleanly. There will be some sort of shenanigans, but Ambrose victorious, and I would be looking for the Shield uh, to be kind of transitioning into different uh, rivalries coming up in the near future. I guess one of the matches that is is most anticipated, if you're a Chicagoian, is that the Chicagoian? Is that what you call people from Chicago? Chicago. Chicago? I don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not from the area, so <laughs> I, I, I don't know how they, how they what they call themselves. It, the Second City Saints, I think they like to call Second themselves. Second City Saints. If you're a Second City Saint, uh, you know, I, I got a Chicagoan. Chicagoan just doesn't, it, it doesn't sound right. Chicagoan. Chicagoan sounds like a, a Mexican wrestler. You really need a vacation, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, but if you're from Chicago, the one match you're probably looking most forward to is the return of CM Punk. And we've speculated, we've talked about it. Some may even say we've beaten the dead horse. But I'm thinking, and I think a lot of people are in agreement, that we're going to see a face turn in some way, shape, or form. Now, whether it's a just it's circumstantial and he just happens to be a face and kind of they just run with it, or do we have a bona fide heel turn at a Jericho do we see Jericho become the next Paul Heyman guy? If, if that happens, you know, he's going to be on tour with Fozzie, so it's going to be a limited kind of thing. But, uh, 
you know, who knows where this match can go. Uh, it would be, I don't know if we're going to see Jericho become a Paul Heyman guy, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a double switch with these two competitors. Looking forward to a very good match. I'll put my prediction out there. I think they're going to go the opposite way, and I think we're going to see Jericho win this match uh, in Chicago, which would provide a ton of heat for Chris Jericho. And I, I'm, seeing, I'm going to say Jericho is going to turn heel coming out of this match, and Jericho wins in Chicago. Your thoughts on this match, Dave? Did we have some sort of pre-show meeting where we discussed this? Because that was the exact same thing I was thinking. I think that... I mean, Tony made up a good point. He's come back from, you know, a layoff, and he just lost to The Undertaker. You know, he's had three pay-per-view losses under his belt. It would probably be the right thing to do to give him a win in his hometown. However, they don't like to seem to do that with some guys in their hometown. Um, And I think we will see – I think we'll see Jericho win tonight. I don't think he'll be a Paul Heyman guy. I think Jericho will get help from Heyman and use Heyman um, because Jericho doesn't need a guy like Paul Heyman to – to align himself with. He's good on his own. Uh, But, yeah, I think we'll see Jericho turn. And because if you remember in the promo on Monday, he talked about how much he needed to win this match. Um, And if you recall, you know, in in past storylines, particularly the Austin Rock from WrestleMania 17, Austin had said he needed to beat the Rock. He needed to win the title. And he would do just about anything. Well, I think Jericho's going to do just about anything to win the title, and if that means he's got to enlist in the services of Paul Heyman for one night only to beat CM Punk, he'll do it. Um, There's an interesting statistic I saw amongst, um, you know, some of the dirt sheets today regarding this match. Um, Jericho hasn't had the best of luck in matches with CM Punk um, since the two have been in the WWE at the same time. Uh, CM Punk has got a 6-2 to two win-loss record over Chris Jericho. I know wins and losses really don't matter much in wrestling these days, but it's just interesting that that statistic came up and then the promo with Jericho on Monday talking about how he needed to win. I mean, Punk's going to get the large pop regardless when he shows up because it's in his hometown. Um, It wouldn't even surprise me, to be honest with you, if this match goes on last just because he is the hometown boy, although they want to make the the three stages of hell match a pretty big deal. We'll discuss that, you know, later. Um, but, yeah, I think Jericho's going to make the turn, and I think we're going to see him and Punk for the short term until Jericho has to leave to go to uh, play with Fozzie. Um, and, it would be, and it would be interesting because they had a great feud last year. Granted, it was over, you know, uh, was it uh, alcohol and drugs and Punk's straight-edge lifestyle and Jericho mocking that. I don't know what this would be about this time, but it's it's – sounds to me like that uh, Jericho is pretty agitated that Punk's gone calling himself the best in the world and Jericho's around busting his hump and not getting the respect that he deserves. So I think we will see Jericho, you know, once again turn turn heel and CM Punk and him will have a have a little bit of a run. But I'm, I'm making it perfectly clear, he will not be a Paul Heyman guy. And I, I would tend to agree with that. I mean, we might see it, or maybe he says he's kind of a Paul Heyman guy, but doesn't become a Paul Heyman guy as far as like being uh, the part of the faction. Um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't need a manager. I would honestly, you know, and I love what Jericho does to heel. I, I would love with all the criticism that is is bounced about on the internet and and wrestling fans, and you know, we get into it too. But 
with part-time performers. Uh, we, we criticize The Rock a lot with uh, his part-time schedule. I would love to see a guy like Jericho reinvent his character and be a heel embracing being a part-time guy. And almost, you know, cutting promos saying, I don't need you people. I'm a rock star. I, I'm going to leave now because I don't need you. And I'll be back, and you'll still love me when I come back. And and kind of play that that prima donna uh, rock celebrity guy. Uh, I, I would think that could kind of be a, a neat run for Jericho. I love Jericho as a heel. I think he's he's more interesting as a heel. I mean, he's a talented guy, and he plays the face well as well. But, yeah, that desperation, that needing this victory, I think we'll see something with Heyman. Uh, some shenanigans will go on with Heyman, but in the end, Jericho. And look, let's face it. I mean, CM Punk, they've, they've treated, the WWE has treated CM Punk okay, especially in his hometown. I mean, that's guy, that guy's due to, to lose a big one. And, and I'd like to, you know, in his return match, uh, to me, it adds more oomph. Uh, it adds uh, more intrigue as far as the storyline goes to just have Jericho beat him in Chicago. It, it gives uh, some great promo fodder for, for the both of them. And if Heyman is involved in some way, shape, or form of screwing CM Punk, we can go forward with that. If they're leading to a match at SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar, uh, it, it starts to plant the seeds with that. So, uh, you know, when you're talking about the summer months, you start talking about, you know, all roads lead to SummerSlam, and we may see some of those seeds starting to get planted here tonight. So uh, we're both in agreement. Jericho wins, and we're probably going to see, uh, in some way, shape, or form, uh, a double switch right there. And Jericho comes out of this match the heel, and Punk comes out the face. We're in a payback Sunday mode. Pay-per-view Sunday, 347-838-9815. You know, one match we haven't hit yet, and we got a, a kickoff match. Uh, not on the pay-per-view, but on the special pre-game, the WWE's pre-game. Uh, we got Sheamus versus Damian Sandow. I think this could be a very entertaining match, but uh, I don't think there's a lot of drama or intrigue. Although, i got to say, Dave, I've liked what Sheamus and Sandow have brought to the table as far as their promos together. Uh, they've been ent- entertaining, uh, the stuff they've done uh, playing off each other. Uh, Sandow is just, he's gold on the mic, uh, obnoxious, obnoxious character, uh, definitely taps into, you know, he's one of those guys we talk about, you know, faces and heels, and there are a lot of heels out there that play like the cool heel, so they're not totally hated, you know, Damien Sandow is a true heel, he gets booed, people don't like him, he's a, a pompous windbag and plays that character well, but ultimately in the grand scheme of things, when I look at a kickoff match, uh, I'd be shocked if Sheamus does not win this match, dude. Yeah, um, I think Sheamus will go over here. Um, he's another name in the company, a top guy that they want to, you know, put focus on and do something important with him. So, uh, you know, and I think too the other reason why they put this match on with a guy like Sheamus on the on the kickoff show so that they can get more viewers to you know watch the kickoff show because it's it can't be a pre-show without the Miz. Well, I mean, he's been on, you know, virtually all of them. Uh, I wouldn't say all of them, but the majority of the pre-shows uh, in, in, in this beginning of the calendar year. Um, but, yeah, no, I like Sandow a lot. Um, and I, Sandow's a guy I'd like to see, like, compete for, like, the United States or Intercontinental title. I think he's got talent in the ring. 
and you said he's a true heel. He doesn't try to get, you know, cheers from the audience for saying something cool. He's 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 the the, the definition of what a of, of what a, a heel is in, in old school wrestling, you know, just he doesn't like anybody and he doesn't care. So um, but I think, yeah, I think Sheamus will go over here. I, I would like to see a Sandow win, to be honest with you, to have some sort of shocking upset for the kickoff show um, so that I can go on my phone and watch the replay on YouTube later of the of the shocking win But uh, <laughs> on the WWE app, by the way. But, uh, yeah, do I, Sheamus is, Sheamus is going to go over on this one. Agreed, and it's funny you said because I would I would agree with you. I mean, something like that, if uh, a Sandow were to win this match um, – you know, I, Sheamus would not lose anything. I mean, Sheamus would still be Sheamus. Sheamus would still be a big player in the company, and it would do wonders for uh, Sandow. And I and I like Sandow a lot as well. I mean, I think he just just about everything he does, and he's solid in the ring. He cuts great promos. Um, you know, I would like to see him used uh, more effectively. Uh, however, you know, as much as it's like my heart, if I was saying, hey, the guy I want to win as far as Character, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Sandow win, but uh, I, j- I just don't see it happening. I see Sheamus coming out victorious in this match, in the in the kickoff uh, match this evening. Uh, and now we got you know the main event, or at least assuming the main event. Uh, I'm curious how this this match uh, is going to go. We got three stages of hell for the WWE Championship. Uh, it's rivalry with John Cena and. Uh, uh, Ryback, uh, interesting stuff. You know, again, a lot of talk online, and including talk on this show, that uh, John Cena was not selling the injury, uh, refusing to get on the ambulance uh, after their last matchup, their last man standing matchup. And, um, you know, they turned it around. They used it as part of the storyline. So it uh, works for me. Wouldn't get in the ambulance. So part of these three stages of hell is an ambulance match. It's interesting. I mean, I'm assuming, Dave, that they're going to have the three stages of hell one after the other uh, to start the program. I would not necessarily be opposed to seeing, like, each match happening during the night, although it kind of it kind of kills it. Out. Yeah, I mean, look, we all know the way these matches set. We're going to see all three, so it's going to be 1-1 one, one going into the last match. I mean, we, we all... No, that's going to happen. Nobody's going to sweep and win the first two. Uh, I get it, it kind of kills that drama if you schedule them out throughout the night. But I, to me, it would kind of be really cool if, it, let's just say, the tables match was the middle match and, and Cena gets broken in half. And then there's that speculation leading to the, the end of the night. Like, is Cena going to be able to return for this ambulance match? What is he going to look like? And then when he comes out to the ring, he's all like, hobbled and disheveled rather than starting it immediately. You know, it could add, like, stringing it throughout the, the night could be uh, could be interesting. But I'm assuming the way they're going to book it, they're going to book it one after the other at the end of the night. Uh, I, I think it, it goes lumberjack table match and then ambulance match. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, overall, we'll, we'll get into each specific pinfall, but... Uh, your thoughts on this matchup and what we can look forward to in these three stages of hell? Well, they've made it clear on television that this is a unique match because it's only been done three times. Um, and uh, Triple H has been in all three of those matches, all three of these three stages of hell match. The best three stages of hell match that, that had ever taken place was probably the first one 
with Triple H and Steve Austin in uh, February of 2001 at the No Way Out pay-per-view. They had a huge rivalry. Triple H was the guy behind Austin getting run over, and they finally had the big blow-off match. And it was that month before Austin had the title shot with The Rock at WrestleMania, and it was a huge deal. They had to sign a contract where they couldn't, you know, uh, touch one another before the match. The buildup was just so awesome. It was like a WrestleMania match, but on like a like a, a, a lower level pay per view. Um, and the other match that they've had, Hunter's wrestled Shawn Michaels in one of them, where there was like a cage, a street fight, a ladder match. That was okay because at the time Michaels was limited. Then he just had one a few years ago with Orton. Uh, that was all right. They kind of seemed to, um, you know, the first two matches are shorter, but the third match is longer. Because they got, they want to try and cram as much in there as they can. Um, I mean, it should be an entertaining match with the lumberjacks. You got a bunch of guys around ringside. The tables match should be entertaining. But what I think would be cool is, is if they didn't, is if whoever wins this match, you know, whether it's Cena or whether it's Ryback, they win in the first two falls, and then they put their opponent in the ambulance to, to end the match. I mean, even though the ambulance match wouldn't be official, like if Cena were to win. He just carries Ryback or drags him and puts him in the ambulance, you know, and that's that's how you finish that angle, so to speak. Because really, an ambulance match is just a brawl until you got to throw a guy in the ambulance. It's like it's a, it's a coffin match on wheels, you know. So I I I, I don't see the, the point in dragging it out any further. You know, it would be pretty cool if he just you know picked him up and just said, you know, I'm I'm putting him in the ambulance and close the door and that's it. You know, or, or vice versa. If Ryback did the same thing, um, but uh, it should be fun. Should be a brawl. You're gonna kind of see it go all over the place. Um, I'm going with John Cena because I, because from what I understand, they want to make this match. From what I understand, they they booked this match because they want to make it very memorable. Another notch in his belt, a milestone, so that they can build him up for the rest of the summer, and it sounds like they got big plans with him going forward, whether it's at Money in the Bank with Daniel Bryan next month, possibly, or even at SummerSlam, but they got some big plans for John Cena uh, in this uh, run with the title. Yeah, I mean, I, anytime they book a match like this, like whether it's a last man standing match or, you know, now they have three stages of hell, like anytime it's, uh, you know, one of those kind of matches, an I quit match, uh to me, like they they book those matches to continue to build the legend of John Cena, the, you know, uh, the, just the the toughness of John Cena, his uh, tenacity, his ability to never give up, and uh, uh, not 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 to be quoting his T-shirt, but yes, his his never giving up, and uh, I, I I agree with you, and I'm really curious coming out of this, uh, where they go with Ryback. I mean, Ryback is a guy that. You know, he's a monster, and there's some talent there, and he's got a good look, and he's a guy that I, I expect uh, big things out of. Uh, however, this guy's been really unsuccessful in his shots at going after the WWE title. Um, and that being said, I mean, I don't think he's going to win. I, I think there's very little chance that Ryback comes out uh, with this title tonight. Uh, so I'm curious where they go moving forward with Ryback after this match. Uh I don't know what you think, Dave. I mean, I, 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 I'm kind of thinking that, uh, you know, they probably alternate a table match being in the middle, and maybe we see something like that. Uh, we're not, not a, it's a one-on-one -on -one deal, but Ryback uh, puts Cena through a table. Maybe he puts him through a, a number of tables. I see Cena winning 
the lumberjack portion, uh, tables match Ryback, and after maybe a series of tables, uh, Ryback just picks up the seemingly dead carcass of John Cena to carry him to the ambulance, at which point John Cena, being the resilient champion that he is, somehow, somehow, musters up the strength to fight his way out of the ambulance, is not put in, and at some point John Cena is able to win the match. But that's kind of how I see the whole thing unfolding with Ryback uh, winning the middle bout of the table match. Your thoughts, Dave? That that scenario sounds interesting, and I I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, you know, uh, it's difficult for me with this match because I've never never really been intrigued with this feud, especially seeing that Ryback was a heel. I think it's been kind of forced, and I think the you know he's he's solid on the microphone, he's okay, but it just it just didn't click with me with him and John Cena. I, I months before I talked about how I couldn't wait to see these two guys hook up because it, they're they're two big you know, polarizing figures um, in size alone, and uh, then it comes then it comes to fruition. And like I said, the, I think just the heel turn was forced, and I wasn't really too thrilled with it myself. Um, but the match should be pretty hard hitting, and uh, you know, I'm actually going to go with the opposite. I think I think Ryback will win the lumberjack match, and Cena will get his revenge in the tables match and put Ryback through a table, and then it comes down to the Obviously, the ambulance match for the two guys, uh, you know, battle it out to see who has to put the other one in the ambulance. Interesting. And again, we're we're so like we're we're right there. Uh, similar predictions. Uh, we don't have many difference, but I guess we're we're kind of difference of opinion on how this one's going to play out. And there it is. Sheamus lands the bro kick and the three count, and Sheamus comes out victorious in the kickoff matchup uh no surprise there uh from what i saw it was uh it was a pretty decent matchup uh again we spoke about it not too long ago wanted to see uh sandow perhaps win we picked with our hearts we would have picked damian sandow but we picked with our minds dave first prediction of the night we both get correct one and out let's let's see how the rest of the night goes (laughs) because that was a tough one to pick yeah, I, I was I was biting my fingernails. That, that took me a while to uh, figure out who was going to you know come out victorious. But thank God, now I can enjoy the rest of the night. <laughs> well, Dave, you know what it's time for. Yes. The Ken Reedy Show, now of approval. every week something to do with pro wrestling that we just nod to ourselves and say hey that worked that was awesome that was great and you know we may have to just uh, on the run that this man is on right now we may have to make him ineligible for the nod of approval because Daniel Bryant is setting himself so far apart from the rest of this business right now it is amazing and I can't even put my finger on one thing but he gets we're, – we're going collective nod this week because we don't have enough positive things to say about him. And if he continues on this run, again, Dave, we may have to just say, you know what, 
Daniel Bryan is amazing, and we're going to put him in his own category and then give someone else a nod of approval because we're going to agree every week that it's it's Daniel Bryan every week because he's just been absolutely incredible. On the mic, in the ring, everything that he is doing right now is working 100% across the board. He's just uh, phenomenal, and he gets our nod of approval this week, Dave. If Daniel Bryan could have his own wing in the Ken Reedy Show Not of Approval Hall of Fame, he would probably be the first inductee for his own wing. Um, because I can't, like you said, can't have enough good things to say about him. Um, we've talked about it before, you know, personally, but, you know, to our listeners, what I like about him being so over and what I think is just so cool, and it shows that to me, at least personally, that, like, the old school values of professional wrestling, not sports entertainment, professional wrestling have come through in this progression of Daniel Bryan. Um, You see nowadays in wrestling, in WWE, in TNA, uh, mainstream wrestling, guys get over based on their character and their characteristics. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's wrestling. There's a ring. Once they get rid of the ring, then you know there's going to be a problem. But at the end of the day, it's wrestling. And, you know, he's, he's, he was widely popular with the Yes Chance. Like we, we've beaten that story to death about, you know, being in Miami and witnessing the birth of that. Um, but what really gets me is that his in-ring ability is what's getting him over. Like, when he goes for his comebacks, he goes flying through the ropes and his kicks and, you know, his submissions, like everybody is into it. When I was at that show a few weeks ago in Hartford, two weeks ago, and I, I, I looked around just to see what kind of reaction he was getting. I mean, it was loud. And, it, and when I went home to go watch it on the DVR, it was just as loud when I watched it. And the people were into it with him. They were just so fired up to everything. And he was, he was on the show twice. He wrestled Ryback in that great match at the end, um, as close to the end of the show, and he was in that six-man in the opening of that show, and everything he did, the people followed along with it. Not just chanting yes, but they were they were into his moveset, his comebacks. You know, he gets to the top rope, they start building up and building up and building up their 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 anticipation for him to jump off, and then when he lands, boom, the place goes crazy. To me, that's what. <laughs> excuse me, I'm getting all worked up over here. I'm about to lose my voice. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but no. Um, he uh, to me, like that's just like what old school wrestling has been about in like. Even before I was born, like, that's what, like, attracted people to professional wrestling was what the guys did in the ring, their moves. That's just their larger-than-life characters. Vince McMahon, obviously, you know, in later years took it and made it into, a, you know, a, a circus, a carnival, and it's, you know, what it's been today. But that's what I love about this progression is that, like, the people just go crazy for his moves, and it's just so awesome. And he's got that, you know, unique look. He's not the poster boy of the company. He's not the guy that you're going to be sending to the Today Show to go promote, you know, this, that, and the other. But he's got a unique look that just attracts and draws people. And you know what? He had a fan base before he came to the WWE. Granted, he had an Internet fan base and those Ring of Honor fans. But, you know, he's, he's, he's become something in the WWE that a lot of people didn't think he was going to become. And I think it's pretty awesome where he's at now and – Personally, we talked about it on Tuesday. I'd love to see him in the main event of like next, the next pay-per-view, even SummerSlam, doing a program with John Cena. I think it would be really good stuff. 
See, he's so he's so over. I mean, I guess that's where we disagree. But I, I would like to hold him off for that main event until SummerSlam. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and you know, he is kind of that throwback, and it is his move set. It's almost like he's become the perfect amalgam of sports entertainment and old school wrestling. I mean, he he's kind of brought the two schools of thought, the two the two things together, and. He's just making everything work. It's just, it's, and, and you know, we talked about, about it in our pre-show, and one of the things that uh, we brought up was, you know, I can't remember, and I'd, have, I'd really have to go back and think about it, but, I mean, this guy, and I, and I think most people, and it's interesting because this is one of those guys, wrestling fans are really, really, really opinionated, and... You know, you find different sections of wrestling fans, and we talk about the internet wrestling fans, and there are the kids out there. They're the old school wrestling fans. You know, there are people that come at it from from different angles and, and think different things. And then there's the wrestlers. They're the guys in the business. And it's amazing right now that it, it's like the kids love them. The internet fan base, they love them. The old school fans, they love them. And guys in the business are amazed. You know, some of the guys I talk to, you know, at Wrestling on Fire and other guys I talk to casually in the business, they all are, are amazed at what Daniel Bryan is doing. I mean, he's just across the board. Every demographic of wrestling fans is loving what he's doing right now. And I'd have to really, really think about it and, and go back. But I can't remember... A time in the business, a, a guy that so far and away has set himself apart as the best in the business at a given time. There have been guys that he's the best talker in the business, uh, you know, the best, maybe the best in-ring guy in the business, the most athletic in the business, but the best all-around guy in the business. And it seems like anyone who's into wrestling is in agreement that right now, June 2013, clearly the best guy in the business is Daniel Bryan, and he's gold everywhere. You know, I mean, you talk about his moveset, and it is the wrestling, but you know what? When he's cutting a promo, it works. I mean, you want to see what he's going to say. I mean, he's become, if Daniel Bryan is on TV, he's become must-see TV. And he's making me use the app as well, because if Daniel Bryan is in a match and they go to commercial... I want to use the app to see what this guy's going to do during commercial break. He He's firing on all cylinders. And, again, if he continues like this, we may just have to make him ineligible uh, for the nod of approval because our nod of approval is going to get boring every week because we're going to wind up giving it to him. But uh, kudos to everything he's doing. He is setting himself apart from the rest of the business. And, he does, like you said, he does not have that look that uh, you would expect for someone who's going to be a star. Um but he is just absolutely uh, amazing. And what he's doing in the ring matches his character and his verbiage outside the ring. Just everything is working for this guy. So, uh, you know, again, this is kind of becoming a Daniel Bryant love fest. But uh, uh, looking back, I can't remember a guy who has set himself this far apart from the rest of the business. So for Dave and I this week, a collective nod of approval Daniel Bryan gets our nod of approval. The Ken Reedy Show nod of approval. 
there's, there's a lot of love going towards Daniel Bryan. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a big love fest for Daniel. You know what? I, not to not to keep on the subject, but I just want to bring up one point I forgot to make in my my uh, you know my nod. There's a quote from the uh, Road Warriors DVD that uh, you know Michael Hayes had brought up concerning the Road Warriors, and it was and, it, and it's something that really fits true to basically all professional wrestlers. You have to dare to be different in order to be successful, and I think that's what Daniel Bryan has done with his look alone. He's got the traditional you know old school wrestling values of being you know a, a in ring competitor, but his look itself and just the different things that he's incorporated into his character is what made him successful. Who would have ever thought that one word, or should I say two words, yes and no, would be an integral part of his character in the past year and a half, two years now, with this yes and the no chance. I mean, it's it's it becomes they make foam fingers out of it. You know what I mean? Like then again, it's it's it, 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 you can say that it goes along the same lines of the what chant, which which had which has gotten you know pretty old. You know, it's been you know, over ten years old and it still gets chanted. The yes chant won't ever go away. And I don't think you know. Th- to me, that's what makes Daniel Bryan so successful is the, is the 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 him being so different and doing some of the different things that he does, and it's and it's something that's catching on with the people, and I'm loving it. Yeah, I am too. I mean, it's just and what I what and I didn't continue to love on him, but I've noticed that he's also converted people, and that to me is amazing because again, wrestling fans can be very opinionated, and there there are people that you know Daniel Bryan didn't resonate uh, with, and uh, wrestling fans that I've talked to that are saying, yeah, I wasn't really into him, but now I'm loving everything he's doing. It's just it's it's and it's amazing. It really is. You know, it's great when you watch anything and you see someone really at the top of their game. Uh, it's just pretty phenomenal what Daniel Bryan is doing, and uh, kudos to him, and congratulations to him. And uh, I, I, I like to see him in the main event. I, I'm, I'm hoping for a SummerSlam, but let's see where they go. But whatever he's doing, he's doing everything right. We are getting close to the end of our show. We're going to try and squeeze one last call because we got Dank on the line. Hey, how you doing? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. Sorry to be calling so late. Actually, you guys were talking about Daniel Bryan, and I haven't had a chance to listen in today. But um, I was talking with Dave during the week, and he was saying how because of the way he looks, he'll never be able to have the kind of persona, the kind of like back that um, Cena has, because he's got like that, you know, baby face and everything going to him. And because Daniel Bryan doesn't have that, he may never get the push that Cena had. In your opinion, um, have there been, and there probably have been, like, but what wrestlers do you think would have been able to have the caliber that Cena has, but because they weren't as marketable as Cena, were never given the the chance or the stage to persevere? Wow. You, always get, you know, at the end of the show, to have these uh, thought-provoking questions, I'd have to, like, really go back and, and really think about uh Quick, Dave, uh, your thoughts. Is there anyone uh, in this era that you would have thought, you know, maybe should have gotten uh, more of a push, but maybe because of the look that they didn't get it? Um, 
This is going to have to be one of to be continued. I'm going to have to. I'm, I'm probably going to have to answer on Tuesday's show or even next week if uh, if, if you call in then, because I really can't think of anybody right now off the top of my head. Yeah, it's a tough call. It's funny because people like you know they want to hate on Cena, but I get it. I mean, look at the guy. The guy's an all-American boy. I mean, if you you know, I don't think we'll ever see Daniel Bryan being the guy, although he's forcing himself. Uh, into that position, but that's okay. I mean, if he's like the the wrestling fans wrestler, and John Cena is the uh, the media darling to do uh, the stuff outside of the the WWE, do the interviews, and be like that guy. I, to me, that's fine. I mean, use the guys, use their strengths, and and you know, John Cena and his look and his charm when he's out on the talk show circuit, it works for him being uh, the quote face of the company, but. Uh, you know, Daniel Bryan is definitely kind of forcing the issue. We've run out of time tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. It's time for Payback, WWE Payback. Enjoy the pay-per-night. We'll be back on Tuesday. For Dave, I'm Ken. Thank you all, and good night.